Welcome to the Homeschool Mama Self-Care Podcast. I'm Teresa Wiedrich from CapturingTheCharmLife.com. If you are a homeschool mama challenged by doubt, not sure you can do this homeschool thing. If you're a homeschool mama challenged by overwhelm, there are just too many things to do. Or if you are a homeschool mama unsure that the way you're showing up in your homeschool isn't the way you want to be showing up in your homeschool, then this is the podcast for you. I'm here to encourage you in your homeschool journey to help you strategize ways to turn your homeschool challenges into your homeschool charms. So welcome, homeschool mama. Today, I get to introduce you to Kelly Edwards. Kelly is the creator and founder of the 90-Minute School Day, a lifestyle approach to education. The 90-Minute School Day is a de-schooling method that connects children with their learning in their natural environment, at home with their family. Kelly is passionate about home education, connecting families through attachment, seeing neurodivergence as a gift, learning as a lifestyle, and helping children and parents identify their purpose. She's enjoying her seventh year as a homeschool mom. She believes all children are holistic beings, and true health is to grow and fully integrate the emotional, mental, physical, and spiritual aspects of the individual. To this end, Kelly uses her personal research and professional experience to guide the homeschooling parent with a framework and system to overcome the overwhelm that affects each of us. I'm so excited to chat with Kelly today. We have an amazing conversation about all things that apply to the homeschool mom. We talked about why she wished she could have de-schooled when she first started homeschooling, why understanding why each of us is here on this earth actually gives us direction to choose our educational paths for each of our children, how we wished we moved away from a school-based homeschool a lot earlier, how we acknowledge that the de-schooling process sometimes feels nebulous and sometimes we feel like we're unable to hammer down an educational process, especially when we're trying to explain the concepts to new homeschool families. We talk about how learning to understand ourselves helps us engage on purpose with our kids. We talk about learning how to emotionally regulate so we can help our kids learn to emotionally regulate too. And we talk about practicing the de-schooling process routinely. This is going to be an interesting conversation that applies to every homeschool mom. So let's get going. It is such a pleasure to finally connect with you. I've listened to you often with Robin Robertson on her podcast, Honey, I'm Homeschooling the Kids. And my heart is with you. My story is very similar to yours, just as you share on your website. So thanks for being here. Oh, thank you for having me, Teresa. It's a pleasure to be here. So on your website, I learned from you that your goal is to reclaim or help other homeschool moms reclaim their time in their homeschools and really doing that through a 90-minute day. And I want to talk more about that specific approach, but you actually share your story beginning homeschooling, how you brought your first daughter home, that it would be better for her emotionally to come home. And you did that at the end of first grade. I did that with my my second at the end of second grade. So I definitely relate. And you said you read a lot of books and blogs and went to conferences and chatted with veteran homeschool moms and did curriculum fairs. And you started like I did too, with a vintage desk, Pledge of (laughs) Allegiance. Well, I'm Canadian, so we didn't do the Pledge of Allegiance, but we did do O Canada. And uh, you had box curriculum and you essentially brought the classroom home. And you actually speak to that being a common story. And it certainly was my story, and I know it's others as well, you speak to the concept of failure, as failure is a great teacher. And I think it's really interesting that you went into all these different directions to begin your homeschool, kind of dabbling in everything and learning what really works for you and for your kids. So I'd love to hear more about your homeschool, your story of your homeschool, and just tell me all the stuff. Okay. Um, Yes, we started (laughs) <laughs> I, I kind of, I think it's almost like the uh, evolution of a homeschool parent, right? Yeah. Most of us, if we weren't homeschooled ourselves, we can't help but um, bring the classroom home because it's all we've known. Yeah. And so that's certainly what I did. I had an understanding of what school was because I had been 
been traditionally schooled and my daughter was in the school system. And so I was like, well, we're just going to kind of recreate that here at home. And, um, and she was okay with it too, because she didn't know any better. <laughs> so we did the whole school at home thing. Um, and the first thing I noticed was we were spending way too much time in school uh, because the first it, it might have been it's been a while now, but I think probably the first year we were slowly shortening the time, but yes. we started off with like a six hour day because that's <laughs> you know she we're gonna sit here and do this for fifty minutes, you know, and so um and we slowly kind of decreased time and we got more flexible and more comfortable. It's kind of this unraveling process, uh but we were still having a lot of battlegrounds because I was grading her work um. I was trying to get her to care about her handwriting. I was very concerned that she wasn't going to be college ready at, in second grade. And, yeah, and I laughed at myself and I laughed at myself back then. I'm like, you know, you need to unwind a little bit, but <laughs> it's intense because because education is so competitive and it is so performance based um, as far as, uh, you know, when you think of school. And so for us, um, uh, the friction was destroying the whole reason that I brought her home, which was for attachment and relationship. Um, and so I just had done all this research, but it wasn't making sense to me because I, I needed to de-school. That's essentially, that was not a term I was familiar with at the time. And so I kind of did it <laughs> the wrong way. And so my whole mission statement with 90 Minute School Day is to help that homeschool mom. I wish if I could reach back and help myself is to um, just come alongside and say, okay, there's a better way. And this is it. You're looking for it. And I've done, I've done it all wrong. I've done the research and here is a better way. And it's not, um, it's not um, something that you can just plat. Every human being is an individual and uh-huh. they have their own learning journey And we, and they're all here for a different reason. You know, you've got your architects, you've got your engineers, you've got your doctors, you've got your um, grocery workers, you've got your farmers, and we're all here for something. And it's helping that child find their something without going about it in this really circuitous way that the education system does. And so that's kind of where we landed. I was able to like find a systemized approach that, that bridged the gap for me from traditional schooling to homeschooling. And that's where the 90 minute school day was born. And so, um, so how many homeschool kids do you have? How long have you been homeschooling? What areas or what homeschool philosophies did you dabble in before? Okay. I I feel like I read up on, on most of them. Um, I started off with, I um, reading on Waldorf, uh, was the very first, uh, home education kind of like methodology I read about. Um, and then I was exposed to Maria Montessori and there's some crossover there. Um, and I just loved Maria Montessori. Um, so I kind of hung out there for a while. Um, I, I dabbled in classical, just researching it. Um, and then someone introduced me to Charlotte Mason. And, um, so, I. Between Charlotte Mason and Montessori was where I felt the most at home. Um, I was introduced to Reggio a little bit and read a little bit, uh, listened to some podcasts on Reggio. Um, very kind of similar, again, crossover with Montessori. And then um, I started reading John Holt and yes. and learning about unschooling. <laughs> and, yeah. and then all of a sudden, um, that just started to all circulate together. And it started to make a lot of sense to me. And, and so I kind of really say that the 90 minute school day method is kind of built on those three educational philosophers, Charlotte Mason, Maria Montessori, and John Holt. And they were all huge on self-directed learning and just following the child. So, yeah, I feel you. That is where I'm at too. But the only one I don't know is the Reggio. I've heard of it and I don't know about it, but I've done all of this stuff. And just like you started um, this discussion is that really it's a de-schooling of the homeschool parent, but how did you say that about the homeschool parent's journey? It's, it's almost like an evolution. Like you start evolution. off yes. with, with bringing the classroom home. Everything. And then yeah. Yeah. And then you're wearing the two hats that the yeah. parent hat and the teacher hat, and then you're right. having a parent teacher conference with yourself and, and you don't know where your line is and you feel like you need to have backup and someone to enforce the rules because the kids are looking at you as mom as a teacher. <laughs> and it, and it's, it's doing it all backwards instead of understanding that like 
They're you the are your first yeah. teacher. You're you're already yeah. qualified. You you taught them everything that they knew before they got to school. <laughs> so. You just mentally told yourself that there's certain things that you don't do, and the school teacher does. Right. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And then, and then you get the guilt, the mom guilt, and you get the fear of failure, and you got imposter syndrome. Like I don't have a degree in yes. education. How can I do this? But the whole point is you're the resource for the child as the parent and you're the advocate. I and love so- that. I loved how you said that. I think you said, be your own child's mentor or guide. Mm-hmm. So tell me about your kids. How many kids do you have? Okay. So we've been homeschooling seven years. I have three girls. Um, my oldest is 13 and um, my second is seven. And then my youngest is three. Oh, beautiful. Three. I had three girls and a boy too. That was so much fun. Makes for very cute photos. Very cute photos. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I think when I'm, when I'm actually looking at your website, which I really recommend for people to check out because it just frankly is very interesting to, to learn about your perspective, or I think it's very freeing. So I know you said your reason to come to homeschool was for attachment and to emotionally connect with your daughter and to enable your daughter emotionally. Um, But it also sounds like my reason and it's freedom. And I can see freedom written all over how you approach this homeschool um, day, your 90 minute school day. So you actually speak to children needing a partner or a mentor to lead and guide, to co-learn, to be a co-adventurer, to collaborate and connect. Love it. So love it. Cause that is exactly the thing. It's not so much about us being a teacher from, I don't know, eight to three and then a mother after the three o'clock, uh, three o'clock bell, which I do not have. Actually, I did have a bell. That's not true. <laughs> I still have a bell. I never ring it, but it's not about switching roles. It's actually about maintaining an overall sense of mentor, or like you said, a co-adventure or a collaborator. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, it's we, we get to like chart our course, and you know the world is our oyster, and yep. and we get yeah, to right. adventure with these kids. It's such a privilege and such a pleasure, and I just want families who are interested in this or think they might be interested in this. I want them to know that they need to just do it. You can always go back. You can always change your mind, but it's just a really great lifestyle. (laughs) I won't, (laughs) but But you won't. Yeah. I I was actually talking to my son and my husband yesterday. So we, um, they just built a uh, wood burning uh, hot tub for us. And yesterday was my birthday. So then we had it all heated up. It was so much fun, but I'm sitting in there at almost, I think it's like midnight and it's still only 36 and a half degrees. And we're like, we are getting in no matter what. And, you know, we're sitting in there and I'm thinking how weird it is as an experience with one child. Like I have two kids at home, but one that's now uh, much older. And so she's not with us all the time, but in our homeschool, there's my 13 year old. And that's all that is so weird compared to my three girls and a boy for so many years. And the experience is so different from way back then to now, but who he is as a a person and who my girls were as people, they're very different. They're all very different. And they've all sort of, you know, him and I have gone along together this last year and created our own little adventure and our own different approaches to things, but things change with each of our kids and, as we all know, when we have more than one child, they're all very different. And that happens to be the case for all of us in all of our homes. We all have very different kids and we all get to go on different adventures. Yeah. And we, and we change too. Like (laughs) I could go back and tell the mom who was homeschooling seven years ago, like, girl, you need, I probably wouldn't have listened to her. (laughs) Exactly. Relax relax that's what I would have said to me (laughs) that'll be quite enough nobody needs to do that much dictation (laughs) that's right dictation exactly (laughs) so what have you learned about an education so I also went hard into John Holt John Taylor Gatto and they had huge impacts on how I engaged everything it really it's not the kind of homeschool reading that's like um you know like what I wrote or what other other homeschool um authors write about you know you can do this here's why you can do this you know encouraging like that it's more practical look inside my classroom see the stories that I've actually experienced over the last 30 years as a teacher and understand what I'm seeing 
that kids aren't learning the way you think they're learning and how do they naturally learn? And the discussions in John Holt's books are so revolutionary. So what, what did you really gain from that? Um, I, I think kind of the essence of John Holt is that learning can't be measured and, you know, you cannot measure what someone else knows. You just can't do that. And all we can measure is performance. And so therefore our school system is oriented towards having children perform and give results so that they can get the funding they need, or they can stack up in some sort of like state comparison or, or country comparison and, or, or whatever. And, and it's just this, this, this different way of mass producing education that you can't do because every person is individual. Right. And so actually the very best way to learn is how we're already, we've been learning since, you know, the beginning of humanity. And that's, that is, that, that I think was my watershed moment where it was just like, this is, this is what it is to learn. It is each of us on our own learning journey and how can we best equip and prepare our children with what they need and we don't know what they need but they do there's something deep inside they know what they need and we just need to partner with them and give it to them but that sounds all very like kind of (laughs) not hammered down on the details like I know know, but you can't though how do you know (laughs) you can't know that and actually I just said that to one of my girls the other day when we first are introduced to them uh, like we start making judgments about them before they even like for me, even before they come out of me. And I'm like, how, how frequently are you hitting my womb or, or is he hitting my stomach? Like how often are you punching at me? How Your personality how typing them? Exactly. Like before they're <laughs> even out and you think there's some combination between you and your partner or whatever, whatever preconceptions you have, but um, no, they are just uniquely them. And so you don't get that handbook. And frankly, I don't think that they entirely get themselves either. I think there is like a slow unraveling to helping them figure out who they are and and become who they're meant to be as well. And so yes, you're exactly right. It's not hammer down. It's impossible to hammer it down. That's not the point of an education. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you learn what you learn and you learn how to relate to people and it will get you where you need to go. I mean, I have a degree in animal science. I was planning cool. on, on going to vet school and then I changed my mind. And then I was like, well, I don't want to change my major. What else can I do? And, you know, I thought, well, I'll go and, uh, you know, I'll be a drug rep for pharmaceuticals. And then I got a job out of college um, buying and selling electricity on the power grid. And, you know, like... That had nothing to do with what I trained for, but it was a culmination of my path that got me to where I needed to go at that point in my life, which is totally different than where I currently am. Always. I, I love that. Yeah. I, I used to think that you could actually meet someone and have a really strong sense of who they were based on your first instinct. But, you know, for a million reasons, I've learned that is not the case. People are very interesting and very diverse and they share things that you're like, wait, what? but you remind me of my sister. So therefore you wouldn't do this or you would, you know, and actually I think people are just very interesting and that's the same with our kids. So then when you're engaging them in those learning pursuits or those adventures or trying to help them figure out who they are and what they're meant to do in this world, you actually just you know, present some stuff before them. You watch what they're doing. What would you say to someone to how to actually approach that to actually help them discover who they are and what they're supposed to do? Um, I think, I think I would, that's a great question. I think the very first thing I would say is just to sit back and get to, to know this child. And, and as parents, we do know our children, but do we actually know so much of our conversation with our children is transactional, right? right. Like, Hey, yeah. have you made your bed? Um, you, yeah. need to put a, you need to put your socks on. Um, next thing we're doing is we're putting our coats on because we need to get out the door. And then later on today, we need to do this. And it's it's transactional. And 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 we, we have a relationship also with our children. Yeah. But do we talk to our children? Um, do we have a habit of talking to our children like we talk to our friends? Or that do our children talk to us like they talk to our friends? And I'm not saying we need to be friends with our kids. Uh-huh. But it's like stepping back and being more present and observing them. And then making notes like, what are they doing right now? What's behind? What are they doing? I noticed that Uh this particular child continually does really tedious stuff that is not my cup of tea, (laughs) but what's behind that? Like, why does she find such gratification in these really like intense things? Well, she's got a really 
you know, interest in, this is my oldest I'm speaking to. She's very like engineering. She's got, I'm not saying she will be an engineer, but she's, she is, she's always liked building things. And she wants to, if I bring home something from Ikea, she wants to put it together. I'm like, knock yourself out. I can't think of anything. Yes, exactly. I had that child too. (laughs) My 13 year old son is like that. I'm like, where were you like 15 years ago? (laughs) So many things you need to fix around the house here. (laughs) I know. I'm excited for this Christmas because we'd be like, you know, all the assembly, I think we're going to put that on you. She's been scared, (laughs) but I think this Christmas we're going to bring her into the fold and put her to work 100 <laughs> percent. it's really effective I highly recommend it uh, my son has been doing it for a couple of years really it's very effective but yeah so they're very you can see that she's really interested in these sort of engineering or mechanical engineering or electrical engineering or whatever but these building kind of things yes well and she always has been and so she's been doing all the little like projects and she gets legos and she wants yeah. you know she spends her and it's like watching what she spends her money on she'll mm-hmm. she'll buy these tinker crate um, yeah. projects and anything that it requires building. She'll build yeah. cars, anything like that, puzzles. Um, and then recently she's been talking about getting your kids good resources. Like we're resources as parents, but it's also about like, as our children get older, finding them mentors uh-huh. and someone that yeah. can facilitate um, skills that maybe I don't have or yeah. not to that level. And so she has uh, mentorship uh, and apprenticeship this year. It's just concluded because our growing season is done at a nursery. Oh, nice. Um, it's They grow vegetables and they sell at a roadside stand. And so she has been doing that since May. So she's learned all kinds of stuff about growing plants and agriculture and small business. And last week she's at the library um, because she's kind of wrapping up. She wanted to learn about our constitution, uh, speaking of freedom. And then she wanted to get into engineering. So she's typing into the computer engineering books and whatnot. And the librarian comes over and she ends up having this conversation with the librarian and wanting to, uh, and then she understood about um, biological engineering. And she was like, what is this? And so now she's on this whole like other place of learning about genetics and learning That's about cool. GMOs. And it's kind of tying in with the different things she knows. Will she stay here forever? I don't know, but it's kind of how this moves around. Ooh, that it's so fun watching that. And I, now that I see my kids developing their own thing after years of doing that as well, it's true. They don't necessarily stay in the thing that you think for sure they're going to do that, but somehow, some way they do incorporate it. And yeah, yeah there's actually, uh, my son is, he's also got a prescription or prescription, a subscription to KiwiCo. And we give him a certain amount of money every month for discovering, we call it a discovery. And so he can invest money in a certain area that would be learning uh, oriented. And I was thinking this morning before our podcast episode, that, uh, that that's something that we do to really watch what is it he really wants to spend his money on. So it was funny that you said that. And it's KiwiCo. So he built a ukulele yesterday. And spent an hour and a half trying to get those strings actually at the the right um, pitch or sound or whatever um, on a on a YouTube video. I think they had some sort of or maybe it was an app. But, um, you know, is that learning or is that just, you know, his interest? Well, I mean, I think it's learning 100 percent. But there's also a Osborne book on engineering as well. This Osborne book on literally everything. Yeah. <laughs> But when it comes to engineering things, I mean, like, it's just like you, I'm not an engineering person. I'm not a logic oriented person. My kiddo was winning chess games at the age of two with me, which is not saying much for me, but he (laughs) he is very good at that kind of stuff. And it's interesting to see how they're going to evolve in that. And it really is just paying attention, trying to find resources, or like you said, mentors, go to the library, just keep your ears open, right? Present it to them, see what they do with it. Yeah, my daughter is very musical too, and that's the, it's yes, the technicality. She plays the violin, and yeah. she like she just loves how technical it is. And she, then nice. she goes and she uh, plays the trumpet and the, um, but she doesn't have lessons in those. But she's, nice. she self teaches and the piano, and she'll pick out 
her songs because now she's learning to play by ear. Why? Yeah. Because she's interested. And, uh-huh. and that kind of ties into that whole part of the brain that grammar is in and, and language, you know, this is the technical mathematical side of the brain. And she's really good at math, but she's terrible at word problems because yeah. that uses the other side. Right. And it's just kind yeah. of interesting. And so all of this, when you start observing them and you start to tie it together, you can help them. And then, and then, and then, homeschooling helps you help them learn about themselves at a younger age. Yes, so she's absolutely. much more self-aware at 13 than I ever was uh-huh. because she's able to have that relationship with me and I'm farther along the path that I'm sharing with her in relationship. Yeah, that is really cool. Okay. Tell me more about that. So where did your focus in that come from and how do you help develop that? Because I mean, that is to me, that's actually the trickier thing. The easy thing is providing academic or learning opportunities, um, but actually creating that environment that makes kids actually want to be with you, which I will add that at a certain point, they begin an individuating and we as moms perceive that as my child is pushing me away. And that's not really what they're doing. They're just trying to be separate people, but creating an environment in your homeschool until the age of independence, actually enabling that, um, that background or that emotional atmosphere, that is the biggest effort I think in our homeschools. So how do you do that? Well, we kind of flounder around and do our thing, but um, sister. doing right now is so my younger girls you know I operate the 90 minute school day with them because they need the structure and it's just short and quick and we can kind of move through learning sporadically throughout the day because it's not sequential Um, but it's just like again it's me throwing out the invitations we do these things in relationship and it's quick now my oldest she's unschooling and so she directs her own learning and what what I do is I sit with her once a week. Um, and that sometimes that moves, like we've just had Thanksgiving. So it's been about 10 days, but like, I'll sit with her and, um, I'm like, show me what you learned and then I'll give her guidance. So in my head, this is more like, um, you would expect a work relationship. You know, you would sit down with your boss and kind of like have an internal meeting. And they would, they would talk about like, objectives, projects that you're working on deliverables, what, whatnot. And so I, I kind of run it like that and I see where she's kind of leaning into something more and I might give her some guidance or I might offer her some suggestions and I let her manage her own organization, which it's Mm -hmm. funny. She's very technical, but her organizational system drives me nuts. And and I'm like, you know, would you like some help? And she's like, no, I like my system. I'm like, okay, well, if you ever want help with your time management, I'm your girl. Um, So she does her own thing and that's fine. Uh, She's learning her own way, but that's what we do. So we will just kind of meet regularly and talk about things. And then um, when she wants to switch tracks, we evaluate it like, okay, well, you're ready to move on to this bioengineering, but you said you were going to like write some more things down about the constitution. So like, we need to also finish our, our plans. And so she's like, yeah, that's right. Because she wanted to do it in the first place. She, I I look for agreement rather than obedience. They're the same thing. But when I say it agreement, she's much more likely to agree with me than if I'm like obedience, you know? So yeah, that's because that's a pretty heavy handed word and yeah. I totally get it. And there's certain scenarios where you're like, no, you cannot hit your sister. No, right. that's the yes. thing that you're going to have to obey me. in. but when it comes to the actual educational element of it, if we are those co-leaders or we're those collaborators, then we really are going, okay, how do we do this together? Or even as you, as the parent, how do I facilitate that balance between letting them pursue their interests, but also helping them follow through with what they said they were going to do? Yes. Yeah. And that's kind of where I'm at. It's just like, again, I'm the older guide and it's like, remember this was your job. And here I am just asking you to, um, remember that you wanted to complete it and then we'll talk about it. Like it's important to complete it. I understand you're excited now. You don't have to do it today, but when are you going to do it? And let's agree on a date and then right. I'll check you with her, right? It's accountability. It's like, I'm her coach. Um, so. so tell me what you've learned about yourself in homeschooling. Ooh, that is a good question. Um, I've learned so much. I've learned arguably more than her. Um, yeah. Right off the top of my head, I have learned more homeschooling um, about everything that 
than I ever did in school. And yeah. I, I love world history. Yeah. And I liked world history when I was a student in school. But man, I have thoroughly enjoyed um, learning with my children and learning from living books. It's very yeah. Charlotte Mason, but just just learning and the scope of time and, and being able to slow down and pause and dig deeper in subjects that were mutually interesting. Like we did this whole outdoor, we were really into the Vikings and we dressed up like Vikings and we buried food in the ground and tried to make an oven in the ground. And you can just kind of, you kind of like learn with your kids. And again, it's this adventure where you both are kind of like, they cooked their food in the ground. I wonder, I wonder if we could do that. Do you think that would work? Let's try it. You know, and it's, just things like that where we're learning is so much richer and deeper. And then you start to understand that that was a cooking mechanism, not just the Vikings, but that was just a primitive cooking mechanism that still works and pe- tribal people still use. And so it's this whole geography kind of tangent that we went on that she'll always remember. And so will I. So I guess that's the first thing. And then I've gotten to know myself better because homeschooling your children is hard. It's, requires the patience of Job, which none of us have, but we have to somehow figure it out. Um, but <laughs> you know how many times people have said to me that they think I'm patient with my kids and I'm like, either I'm really good, like I'm a really good actress or <laughs> don't ask my children is what I'm thinking. But I'm like, what are you talking about? Because that is not my, that is not my forte. I'm a firstborn. No, yes, I am too. <laughs> of course you are. I knew you were. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I don't know if you remember this book that came out that was like, okay, you count to five, and then they have to do your thing. I'm like, count to five. That's like five beats after I expected them to do the thing. (laughs) Yeah, no. Yeah. I've had to slow down and really just um, the goal has been to listen or to understand. And that like understand what do they need or what are they frustrated about and that does not come naturally to me you know that emotional intelligence or paying attention frankly I didn't pay attention to my own feelings for so long that of course I wasn't paying attention to theirs and um, it's been a slow process I genuinely wish I could turn back time and start the homeschooling experience over so that I could actually inject some of that but I'm (laughs) I'm gonna have to homeschool the neighbor's kids then (laughs) there you go well, you, and you're, you're, you're being a, this beautiful outlet for other homeschool moms. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think self-awareness is so huge and um, just your relationship with yourself and homeschooling has been the ultimate, um, you know, we started our entrepreneur business. We have a, a, a corporate event planning business that my husband started uh, while we were still dating. And so then I joined him in that business once we got married And I think there's such a beautiful symmetry between entrepreneurship and homeschooling because you're in complete, it's, you're in complete freedom and decision-making over your existence as an entrepreneur. And there's so much responsibility and you have to wear all the hats, right? Like you have to be the CEO, the CFO, the COO, you've got to do the books, you've got to do the marketing, you've got to do the administrative stuff. Yeah. Uh, And it's the same for homeschooling. You're wearing all the hats. You're like, laundry lady you're you're the, you're the cook you're the driver you're the, you're the uh, yeah. organizer you're also doing you know see so, so there's the you're the ultimate problem solver is essentially what it comes down to and so when there's friction between you and your child any parent is going to try to resolve that friction however if you if your child is not in your home every day for the entire day then you've got a break <laughs> Whereas in homeschooling, your child is in your home and you can't get away from them. So you've got to figure out the solution sooner rather than later. And I think that's where like deep work begins is out of desperation. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Deep (laughs) desperation. That's where the, the digging deep of the work. I, how did you say that? I just messed up my D's. (laughs) This desperation, like just digging into it and and getting down into like, what is at the root cause here? And and my children are foster adopted. And so my oldest came to me when she was six. And so she's got all kinds of trauma that we've been having to unpack for years. And so I'm reading about the brain and neuroscience and what does trauma do to the the developing brain and how can we rewire it? And then trying to get her on board when she doesn't have the same frame of reference as I do. (laughs) So, you know, there's that aspect that we've had too, that I feel like has been a real struggle, but it's been a blessing at the same time because 
I now have this repertoire of knowledge that helps us and then we can help others. And you definitely have to hone in and focus in then. You're, yeah. you're even more aware of it that you have to address how you're engaging her. Yeah. Yes. Because yes. behavior is communication. She doesn't communicate with her words when she's stressed. And right. because of her trauma, she lives sort of in a constant state of stress. So right. it's about reading that behavior and, and coming alongside and being able, just like you would a young child, you need to be able to um, identify to them what they're feeling. So like my three-year-old, she, she's very good now about being like, I am frustrated. But she knows that word because we've identified it. We've watched her get frustrated. And then we, we tell her, you know, you're frustrated right now because you're trying to build a block tower and it keeps falling. That's frustrating, you know, and having that empathy and you have to do the same thing. We, you know, you have to, like you were saying about like being aware of your emotions and how you're processing. And a lot of us are out of touch. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. That was the, um, like major shift for me was when someone had said it was Dr. Daniel Amen, actually. Um, he's the author of change your brain, change your life, change your brain. Anyway, something like that. Amen clinics. Yes. Okay. And I was in one of one of his seminars a dozen years ago and he had said, when you're really trying to figure out what you're feeling, you ask yourself, okay, what am I feeling? All right. Easy enough. Theoretically, because there's only five emojis for how I was feeling at the time or could identify <laughs> as what I was feeling. Actually, I don't think there are emojis out yet, but anyway, and then the, the feeling, what's the thought behind the feeling? And that's the part that really started to unlock stuff for me to say, okay, well, what's the thought? Cause there's always a thought behind some feeling. And what's the story behind the thought? Because there is always a bigger story behind the thought and beginning to question why, what is the narrative? Like, what's my story behind it? And it usually isn't accurate, funny enough. In fact, sometimes it's really not helpful. And Mm -hmm. so if we can just dabble in that uh, mindful moments, I guess, throughout our day, which I often say, put it into your iPhone or your iPod or whatever device or a good old fashioned alarm clock and check out how are you feeling at a Mm. certain time of day that you know, you would normally be triggered and say, what's going on inside of my body, inside of my heart, my head, in the palms of my hands. And, you know, identify, okay, right now I'm excited because I'm sitting in my closet and I'm chatting with you about stuff that I'm so on fire and I'm so on fire that I'm like, I'm having a hard time finding my words, but I'm so aware that these discussion points with homeschool moms can unravel so much. It helps to build that, like you said, self-awareness and you naturally extend that into your child's world and benefit them as you gain those skills or you actually practice those skills in, in your parenting role, in your homeschool role. That's, that's it right there. You're practicing it. They're watching you practice it. That right there is much more valuable than watching the teacher. And that's another thing about traditional uh, classrooms is the teacher is doing all the talking, not the students. And so the teacher doesn't need help talking. The teacher is very aware of her subject material or his subject material. And the children are the ones that need to get familiar with the material. I mean, that right there, the children need to be doing the talking like if they are, they need to have voice to their thoughts. If you can think it, then you should be able to say it. And we want to validate that for our children. Now that now I, I put on that, that needs to be said respectfully. Like we're not just uh-huh. screaming yeah. out these, whatever is going on in our minds, but there's learning, like it start, but it starts with that, right? Like the toddler just screams. And then, you know, once they get words, they're screaming their words, but they eventually go through the developmental phases of being able to articulate in a calmer tone of voice. <laughs> What's going on? Like, so-and-so just hit me. <laughs> Help. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Beginning that. And it's not happening unless we begin that process in ourselves and become right. more emotionally aware. And I actually think this is the hardest part of homeschooling. The learning is the fun part. Yes. The exploring, like, you know, that part when people are like, well, how do you do that? I'm like, I don't know, just read books, <laughs> like start with books, pick stuff up, play with it, go outside. Like, it's so simple, that element, you can expand on that quickly. The challenging part, is putting that emotional awareness or learning how to do emotional regulation for yeah. yourself. And then with your kids, even more difficult. That right there. It, that's, that's the problem. That's the problem. Everybody comes up against 
Yeah, their humanity. Yeah. (laughs) All these different personalities with different agendas living in the same house. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Beautiful memories and also interesting memories. (laughs) That's a nice way to say yikes on some days. Yeah. But the whole thing is kind of hit your stride. Like it, it is really beautiful. Like my kids are outside in the backyard right now and they're well, they're rolling things down. The, they're rolling mud down the slide. So, you know, that's fine. They're doing I remember own. the backyard mud days. I love those days. <laughs> I was still, hey, I know you're 21, but do you want to go play out in the backyard with the mud and make mud patties? <laughs> I have such good memories with mud and kids. Yeah, mud Maybe is like the greatest manipulative ever. You don't need to buy Play-Doh. You can just <laughs> play with the mud. Yeah, they can eat it too. It's organic. <laughs> <laughs> so what what advice would you give to new homeschool mamas? Um a new homeschool mom, you can do it. And and you know, believe in yourself and keep your expectations small. All you need to do with your children is um create a relationship and a rhythm or a routine for your day and read. Like that's it. And it'll grow from there. Just keep that relationship. It's the most important thing. And and when you're pushing a curriculum and you're feeling like time constraints, that's where the, that's where the wheels start to come off the, the wagon and, and don't overschedule yourself. So that was more than one. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. That's what I would yes. say. <laughs> I said that to many people for many years and then went, I should start doing that. Yeah. Yes. And then also follow your own advice. There is that. Yes. So, What is some advice that you would give to homeschool moms that have been there, done that, or in that frustrated place? Um, de-school. I think de-schooling is just when you have, when you're frustrated, when you don't know what to do, you're overwhelmed, you need to de-school. And so it doesn't take long into the homeschooling process before you get there. <laughs> you need to de-school. And we de-school several times a year. Um, because I still find myself getting kind of oriented in my brain about something and wanting to roll out some new procedure, or I've worked really hard on something I think will be fun and <laughs> it falls flat. Yes. And, you know, yes. So disappointing. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I've, I've moved past that. I get disappointed, but I, I figure out ways to reflex the material, but we hit, um, I just refuse to, um, school during the holidays, um, because that's just, that's mental health for me. Um, so we de-school, we de-school in December. Um, we de-school moving from winter into spring because we all get the senioritis and anything that seems like work, if it happens to happen inside, forget about it. So we go out. What did you call that senioritis? Uh, yeah, like, um, you know, the, when you're a senior in high school and you're just done and you've already been accepted uh, yes. in college and you're just like, whatever, I don't oh, care. What absolutely. You're. When spring rolls around, that yeah. is Charlotte Mason month, like May and June, we're doing all the projects. It's all outdoor stuff. And there's yeah. so many opportunities to learn, at least in my part of the world. That's, that's when, yeah. you know, the, the snow is melted and are you, are you getting snow right now? Are you in a place that has snow? We, uh, I'm in West Virginia. We had a dusting yesterday. Um, it's still uh, like tomorrow is going to be um, a nice warm day. So we don't normally get snow until January. Okay. Um, but we hit this kind of like, we need to be outside somewhere in March. And yes. So we'll just, yeah. we just de-school because de-schooling is this term that can cover like a multitude of sins. So we'll just de-school and we do, we just do life together. And there's so much learning. In fact, it can be, it's so much more accelerated than our formal yeah. studies and yeah. we school year round because kids learn every day. I learn every day. So do you like, it's not mm-hmm. like learning is on a 36 week you know, um, calendar, yeah. like, like a school is like all the curriculum that you can buy out there. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Those, yeah. Those- and 180 instructional days or whatever it is in your local area, but absolutely there is learning happening all the time. When I did my six month official unschooling stint where I really did nothing, I was in awe that we were constantly doing something. It just wasn't, 
enforced by me at every step of the way. And it wasn't like eight o'clock, we do this. Now, 820, we do this. And nine o'clock, we do this. It That's the only difference was the level of stress that I was putting on myself versus the actual, you know, learning opportunities were constantly unraveling right before my eye without me having to put any effort into it. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, that's where, that's where my 90 minutes comes into is it's all about like, it's like the structure and the framework that the parent needs. Like we need like a a recipe. I call it like, it's my family recipe and it's to be (laughs) adapted. However, that family will operate, but just like any recipe, you, you, you follow the recipe card for the first couple of times until, until you get familiar with the recipe and then you can start to riff on it. And instead yeah. of, you know, a tablespoon of, you know, sugar, you can cut that in half or double it or, or whatever you want to do, but it's just understanding the rhythm of the recipe and the mechanics behind it and the why, and then you make it yours. Yeah. Perfect. And you can That's use it awesome. as like a, you know, as directional, or you can look at your day and do a retroactive, like we just played today, but what did we learn? Because there are certain governmental bodies that require, like, I need you to detail me out all of your learning. Well, you can look retroactively again through observation and journaling, what was learned by the child in play that counts. And you do that long enough as a homeschool mom, you become way more confident. Yes. You sure do. Because <laughs> then you realize, like, what, you like, had 85 books this year? Yeah, yeah he's okay. <laughs> Telling moms at the playground, oh, do you know, look at the fine motor skills your child has over there playing with them all. And they're using manipulatives. Oh, and they're counting? That's like language arts and math. <laughs> exactly. The only thing we maybe could do, which wouldn't be super fun, but is actually have a, a course for homeschool parents to unpack learning, like school or educational learning outcomes so that we can actually learn the educationese and not be frightened by that. <laughs> and then recognize just what you said, you know, like be able to use that educationese for ourselves. Literally nobody else needs, well, maybe, maybe certain skeptical family members. To alleviate our own fears yes, and the fears that get inside our heads. Exactly. You know, yes. Down the street or whatever. <laughs> so what yeah. have you learned with your kids this last week? Okay, this last week, well, we're de-schooling right now, and um, what we've learned is, um, I, I mentioned it a little earlier, my daughter with the paper, how she created these beautiful winter scenes all over our windows. She's been very entranced with that. She's also been big in embroidery, um, and then through that, she's storytelling because she's uh, creating this artwork and this story, it's communication. Um, my middle daughter and I are working on a puzzle. And so we are traveling to Italy in this puzzle. It's of the Amalfi. Ooh, it. Yes, it's so pretty. And we were talking about it. And, um, you know, my, my, my parents live over in Italy right now. So she, she talks a lot about when we go visit them and things like that. And then my youngest is really big on feeding the birds. So we did a few weeks ago, um, um, what's the little pine cone and peanut butter and bird seed. Oh, and yes. So- yeah. She wants to do that again today. So I promised her we would do that this afternoon and she's just a nurturer. So that's kind of where I meet my kids is I I know what they're interested in and that's what we learn. And so we're de-schooling right now. We don't have formal lessons, but we're still reading. We're reading um, Dr. Doolittle again. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, We're reading, uh, we're reading several other picture books and Christmas books. So we still read and they're learning that way. And then lots of discussions. So. So what's on your bookshelf? What are you reading? Um, I just finished um, a book by, uh, and I'm probably mispronouncing her name, um, Yeonmi Park. um, And it's, um, it's a story about a young woman who's defected from North Korea and was trafficked through China and then eventually came out of South Korea. And um, that book was, I just finished um, last night. It's called In Order to Live. It was just fantastic. It was just such a, inspirational story. Yeah. I love reading those kinds of stories because it just takes me outside of anything that I already know. Yeah. This one was a little dark, but it was also like so empowering to know like the, the resiliency of the human spirit. And it was very educational. Yes. Always. So tell me what is your vision for the, the homeschool mom that you work with? What are you hoping to accomplish when you're in coaching or you're engaging your courses, your course on 90 minutes homeschool day, I think, is that what it's called? 
Yes. Yes. I have a a course that walks um, families through the 90 minutes and, and really it's about taking a step back and just enjoying your children and knowing that learning is going to happen anyways, and that you can facilitate a beautiful education with your kids and like a very short amount of time um, each day. And so that's my hope is just to be able to free these parents from these kind of like uh, societal structures of what institutionalized education is and, and embrace natural learning. Yeah. And get them away from their unrealistic expectations and yeah. all of that stuff. Oh, freedom. <laughs> or maybe that's just you and me. <laughs> Firstborn. Oh, you know, the moms I work with, um, you know, they, they are just so appreciative of, they need confidence. It's the naysayers of people who aren't familiar with homeschooling that have really gotten into their heads and then their own fears of, of not giving their children enough to make it out in this big wide world when it's time and they just need the reassurance. And then they need like, they need a plan because, you know, they've just started and and that's kind of where that's where I'm meeting them is here's the plan. You're, you can do it. You're qualified and you need to just enjoy the ride. That's the truth. So what kind of resources do you offer homeschool moms or parents, parents? Yeah. And parents. Yes. Um, So I have the 90 minute school day method. It's a course. It's a little over three hours, self-pacing course that walks the homeschooling parent through um, de-schooling and then how to prepare the environment of in their home to learn. And then this 90 minute school day method. Right. And then I also do one-on-one coaching um, with parents and I also do group coaching. So um, just that whole like mentorship that I do with my own children. I also have a heart for homeschool moms. Uh-huh. Me too. And dads. Yes. <laughs> there's moms and dads. All six of you. <laughs> yes. That's what my husband says. Okay. You can say homeschool dads, but we no, were. you are out there. I know you are. And we are as encouragement or as encouraging to you doing your thing your way. But where do we find you online? Where do we find your resources online? Okay, my website is probably the best spot. That's 90minuteschoolday.com. That's nine zero, the numbers. Um, and then on Instagram, it's 90minuteschoolday. Um, again, it's the numbers, nine zero. And then I'm on Clubhouse. I speak um, yes. at least twice a week. I have an adoption room and then a homeschooling room. Um, and it's at 90min, 90minuteschoolday um, on Clubhouse. So that's where you can, that's where I hang out online. And I just love to talk to your audience and help them in any way I can. I know that you do a great service because self-care is a huge deal. Thank you. I thank you for sharing this time with me. You're welcome. Thank you, Teresa. It's been wonderful. And thank you for joining me today. You can find all sorts of free resources on my website, capturingthecharmedlife.com. You can download a free Homeschool Mama Daily Affirmations to start your morning right, a grappling with overwhelm checklist, And I think the most important self-care strategy is a checklist to address your big emotions. All the show notes and links to this episode will be found at that website, capturingthecharmedlife.com. Subscribe to this podcast to learn more about how to take care of you while you're taking care of your homeschooled kids. If you can think of another homeschool parent who would be encouraged by these discussions, let them know too. Until next time, I hope you and your kids have a charmed week. Or if you're having one of those weeks, I hope you can reframe your challenges and turn them into your homeschool charms.